Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Amen. Happy Mother's Day to all the beautiful mothers this morning. Why don't you stand up and and, and give somebody a a COVID welcome. Tell somebody Happy Mother's Day this morning. Uh, Step out of your seat and uh, just say hello to to some people this morning. Amen. It's good to be in God's house this morning. Once you do that, you you can take your seat. Amen. Are we happy to be in God's house this morning? Amen. If you're, if you're a mom who's here for the first time, I won't ask you to raise your hand. I don't want to make you feel awkward or anything. But if you're here, uh, welcome. Thank you for coming. Um, we love your children, whoever they are. They're, they're probably great people. Uh, so uh, welcome to, to Numa Church this morning. Amen. Uh, today we have a, we have a very uh, special speaker this morning. And I'm, I'm, very, I'm very excited to hear her preach. Um, for the first for the first time she's going solo and uh i I just want to first of all i want to say happy mother's day to my mother who is um in my opinion the greatest mother uh to ever walk the face of the earth maybe besides mary uh you're very close second uh i love you thank you uh for for everything that you do and then of course my beautiful wife happy mother's day I see the amazing uh, woman that you are as both a wife and a mother, and I know that my girls, if I died, they're, they're taken care of, and they're going to be loved. I'll try not to die. I'll try. I'll try to stay alive for a while. Uh, but anyways, this morning, I want to I give uh, the pulpit to, uh, to my wife, Pastor Melissa. You can welcome her this morning. Good morning, friends and family. The day has finally come. I'm actually preaching this morning. Um, So the last time I preached and I went solo, I was in high school. And believe it or not, that was over 15 years ago, Letty. It was a long time. (laughs) So uh, if I do this and it's only five minutes, just consider it a Mother's Day treat. You can enjoy the rest of your day. Um, So I want to wish all the beautiful mothers a happy Mother's Day today. We don't realize how much our moms do for us until we're all grown up and then we have to do everything on our own. Right, so I'm going to be reading from the book of Esther today in chapter 4 if you want to turn there. Um, but first I'm going to give you a background on Esther. Um, stick with me because it's a little long. It would have been longer if I read it though. Um, so Esther, who's a Jew, uh, comes into the story after Queen uh, Vashti refuses to obey King Xerxes. Um, and his friends or advisors, they come up with a plan to punish uh, Queen uh, Vashti um, so that the other women don't get any ideas and dare to be as audacious as she was when she um, disobeyed the king, right? So basically there's a... Um, um, uh, a search for all of the beautiful women uh, so that, that they can be brought in front of the king for his pleasure, of course, right? Um, and at this time, Esther is living with her uncle Mordecai, um, <clears throat> who is like a father to her. And when she's taken from her home to be prepared for the king, Mordecai tells her not to tell anyone that she's a Jew, to which she obeys. Among all of the women, Zer- King Xerxes uh, finds Esther to be the most beautiful and decides to make her the queen. 
And during this time, Mordecai, he's hanging out at the gates, um, and he's just listening to make sure that everything is going well with Queen Esther. Um, While he's there, um, there's this guy, um, his name is Haman, and the king had ordered everyone, you know, to give him all the honor. He's doing awesome. Bow to him when you see him. But Mordecai refuses to bow to him. When, uh, When Haman finds out about this, he's furious. So he wants to punish Mordecai, um, and he's decided, he decides to go after all the Jews, and he goes to the king and he tells them, um, you know what, I think it'd be for your benefit if we get rid of a certain kind of people, the certain kind of people being the Jews. Um, so obviously Mordecai finds out about this and he's devastated um, and distraught, and uh, Esther finds out, she sends her attendant to go and see what's going on. And Mordecai tells the attendant everything, and then that's where we're going to start reading. And Esther chapter 4, beginning with verse 9. So it says, Hathak went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say, uh, to say to Mordecai, all the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, summoned, the king has but one law that they be put to death unless the king extends the gold scepter to them and spares their lives. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go to the king. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go, gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So talk about drama, right? Um, So there's three takeaways from this passage that I want to share with you today. Uh, This doesn't apply to only women or only mothers, so if you're not either of those, please don't tune this out. Um, The first point I want to make is that Esther is obedient, but she's not silent. I want you to notice that before all the drama started, Esther was just at home with her uncle Mordecai, living her everyday life, whatever that consisted of. Um, But she was taken from her home because there was the beauty search, and she went obediently. She had to prepare for months uh, just to even, before she could even see the king, and she did so obediently. Um, She was told not to uh, speak of her nationality, and she did so obediently. She doesn't give us any reason to, to believe that she one to make waves or go, you know, um, go against the flow. She's more of a rule follower, right? So, um, okay. So somewhere along the line, as she's uh, being obedient and she's obedient and she's uh, going with the flow, she ended up in a very compromised position. Mordecai tells Esther to go before the king and plead for her people, and Esther responds with doubt and hesitation. If I go to the king without being summoned, I'll be put to death. And it's been 30 days since I was last called by the king. So Esther is torn, and I imagine after a lifetime of of being obedient, she would cry out to God and say, Lord, I've spent my whole life with my head down trying to do the right thing, trying to be obedient to you, and now I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. What do I do? Do I go before the king and risk my life? Or do I let my people be destroyed? Sometimes, guys, we get so focused on 
the outcomes of our possible, like the possible outcomes of our situations that we don't stop to think that maybe, just maybe, the flow that we've been going with all along was the actual hand of God moving us and positioning us for such a time as this. A time where God can really glorify, really be glorified and use us, right? So most of you know this part of my story, but I'll share it again for those who don't. Um, when Pastor Ryan and I were dating back in college, um, we promised, we promised that we would never be pastors. <laughs> uh, and we were serious. And, and for no other reason than that, you know, we knew what it was like to be a pastor or we saw what we thought it was like to be a pastor. And I just, we didn't want to have to go through all of the hard things, right? Um, so if you, if you know me, you know that I don't like change. Even the smallest change, like we're supposed to go to McDonald's, but all of a sudden we're not going to McDonald's. Like change stresses me out. Like we said we were going to do this. I think Brother Junior's like me. Like we need to stick to our plans, right? So imagine when he comes into the room and he tells me, um, I need to talk. I really feel that God is calling me to pastor. <laughs> My response to him is, are you kidding me? <laughs> I literally said that. And I can vividly remember sometime later being in the parking lot at Olive Garden. And I'm obviously so distraught, like Mordecai, and just, you know, trying to figure out what's going on with my life. And he's just sitting there, calm as a clam. And he says, um, if you say no, then I won't do it. Our marriage comes first. And I'm thinking in my head, uh, obviously, I want to say no. We promised this. It's not like it's brand new information. But I couldn't help but think that, if, that I wasn't just saying no to him, but I was saying no to God who was calling him. So, <clears throat> so I told him, if God is calling you to pastor, then you need a pastor. But you're going to pastor. I'm not going to pastor. <laughs> And it was like that for years. That's exactly how we did it, right? Um, I was trying my best to be obedient and to um, do what I felt God was calling, that I wasn't uh, fully submitting or fully realizing what God was asking me to submit to. I couldn't see that every, I couldn't see everything that God was putting into place. I couldn't see that this is the avenue that God was preparing for me to use, not just him, but for me to use so that I could reach the lost ones that I love so much. <clears throat> I couldn't see that through this obedience, I could raise my two girls into women who know that no matter how scary it might get, God is making a way. He's positioning us for such a time as this. <clears throat> Esther, who had regularly, regularly done as she was told, who didn't make waves but kept her head down and was faithful to her people, didn't realize that as she was being obedient, the Lord was working on her behalf and giving her favor amongst powerful people like the king. So maybe some of you have been keeping quiet in your obedience, um, but know that as you are acting in obedience, God is moving on your behalf and preparing the way ahead. So when the time comes, don't stay silent. <clears throat> now, some of you are getting hyped and you're saying amen, uh, but other of you uh, may be asking, maybe thinking, now how are you just going to glide past the fact that Mordecai isn't even sure of himself? Mordecai tells Esther, it could be that God positioned you for such a time as this. And if you're like me, you're thinking, could be? 
hold up, Uncle Mordecai. I'm not, I'm not risking my life, you know, for what could be. I need some hard facts because from where I'm standing, it sounds like you want me to do something and it's convenient for you to throw in God. So no thanks, you know, it could be Uncle Mordecai. So anyone, anyone ever do that? Anyone try to talk yourself out of something by using, um, using the word of God? You know, you're like, God wouldn't want me to do that. God, God in Jeremiah 29, 11 says he has plans for me, hope and a future. So surely this isn't from God. So we, we speak the word of God to talk ourselves out of the word of God, right? So <clears throat> maybe the question isn't, could it be, but rather, would it be? We have to ask, does this fall in line with who God is, with his character, with what his word says? Would he want me to stand by as my people, as his people are destroyed? What, is there anything that I can do to stop this? So my second point is, we have to be okay with the uncomfortable and be ready to act in faith. God is not always going to call us to do what's convenient and it's, our nat- it's in our nature to want to find the easy way out. It wasn't comfortable for Esther to approach the king when she knew that it meant death, but she realized that she had a responsibility to her people. Can we be honest this morning? If the Jews were waiting on us to go and speak to the king on their behalf, they'd probably be waiting a long time, right? Because first we need to ask God, God, I need 10 signs from you. Tell me this is you. (laughs) Then we get the 10 signs and then we want to speak to all of our spiritual leaders. What do you think? I think God is telling me this. And then after that, we want to deep clean our house because everyone knows there's no better time to clean your house than when there's something really important you have to do, right? So, so we want to get, we want to do that, right? We want to make sure that everything is perfect, but guys, nothing will ever be perfect. We can't wait until all of our circumstances fall in line at the right time, at the right place, right? Uh, We live in a fallen world filled with sin, and that's the devastating truth. The enemy came into this world to still kill and destroy, and that's exactly what he does when we let him. If God has entrusted us with our loved ones, with our coworkers, with our brothers and sisters in Christ, then we have a responsibility to them to make sure that at the end of the day, they know the love of God. God wants to use you. He wants to use me. Um, And sometimes we think, I can't do that. I'm not good enough or I'm not equipped. It's just not for me. But you need to know that you are you by design. Don't let who you are or who you think you are stand in the way of what God is calling you to do. Um, We have a responsibility to our people. It's not comfortable for me to come up here and be vulnerable in front of of you guys. Um, I'm more of the quiet, awkward person in the back. And I, I, since I have the mic, I feel like I really want to say this. Guys, if you ever see me just standing awkwardly, like it's not that I don't want to talk to you. I just don't know how to start a conversation. So just come talk to me, okay? I'm the awkward person. Um, so this is not comfortable, right? My hobbies literally include watching Netflix and eating junk food. Like I enjoy that. That's fun. That is my hobby, okay? Um, so, but that's okay, right? It's not, I don't fit what I would think is the typical pastor's wife mold, but that's okay because God called me to be me and he called you to be you, right? So we can't let our personalities and our tendencies stop us from what God is calling us to do. In the wise words of Mordecai, if you remain silent at a time like this, relief and deliverance for God's people will come. 
from another place, but you and your families, your father's family will perish. Yeah, let that sink in. God will do what he has to do. When it's all said and done, everyone will know that God is the great I am. There will be no denying it. But will your loved ones perish before they know his son Jesus as their savior? It's time that we wake up. Maybe we need to get ourselves a Mordecai, someone who waits at the gates for us, someone who is praying for us daily and is there to wake us up when we need it. After Mordecai got through to Esther, she replied to him, Go, gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Which brings me to my third point. Get you a squad. <laughs> Esther realized the urgency and she wanted, to get, she, wanted her, she wanted to get her squad. There is power in numbers, guys. You, you don't have to do this alone. It may feel like you do because the people you probably want in your squad, like your husband or your wife or your children, um, are not always as the same mind, of the same mind as you. They might not believe the way you do, and that can be painful. It can be discouraging. But we have to act as an agent for them. Find people who can uh, pray with you, who can fast with you, who believe with you. If you're here today, then you already know that Numa's got your back. Numa's in your corner. So reach out to your leaders, to your brothers and your sisters. We want to help. And if you've noticed, every time that I pick up offering, I don't only pray for you, but I pray for your family because I have such a huge huge burden for our families. And I'm believing with you that one day they'll be here with you. Worshiping. And I think that it's important to add that we might not be the ones directly to bring our family members to Christ. It may be Andrea who leads someone from Pastor Maritza's family to Christ. And it may be someone from Pastor Damaris's family who leads um, someone from Linda's family to, to Christ. Um, but we all have a responsibility to do what we do so that that can be done, so that we can grow the kingdom of God. Um, we need to act in obedience. And I literally think I started three minutes ago and I think I'm done. I'm, I'm like at my conclusion. I have, Ryan, Pastor Ryan said that I typed more words than he did, but I just talk really fast, guys. Um, but I am coming to the conclusion and I don't know if Pastor Ryan wants to add anything after I'm done. Um, but when we come face to face with God on judgment day, what will we be held accountable for? We can tell him, Lord, I kept my head down. I did what I needed to do. I made good choices. I never lost sight of my love for you. And he will let you enter the gates of heaven. But will you be entering alone? Will your family have perished because you didn't fight for what God gave you? When I confront God on judgment day and I stand there, maybe all beat up, bruised, and barely standing, but I want to be able to say, God, they were coming after my people. God, they were coming after your people. And I wasn't sure if I could stop them, but I wasn't going down without a fight. It's, t- it's time that we wake up that fight inside of us. When we fight, we're not just fighting for us. We're not just fighting for the here and now, 
but we're fighting to overcome our insecurities, our trials, and those of our children's and our children's children's. <clears throat> we got to stand in the gap for the generations to come. God has been preparing us for such a time as this. So we're about to do an altar call. Um, if Pastor Ryan wants to come up. <clears throat> there is an enemy out there and he's coming and he's attacking our family, our parents, our kids, our coworkers, and our friends. And you're the, we're the squad that they need. We need to be their squad. And I'm gonna ask if the prayer team can come up. And if you're ready to go to war this morning, then come up. You can ask for prayer for your loved ones or you can just come up and worship and declare that your loved ones belong to God. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.